Welcome to the podcast. This is the Polarized Podcast, the podcast for all your polarizing movie needs. Uh, here we talk about movies that audiences and critics disagree on, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Um, sometimes the audiences hate it. Sometimes the critics love it. Vice versa. These are the movies that we like to talk about. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of discourse over these ones. It's, it's in every single situation. It's always one of these, uh, either the audience or the critics, they're like, oh, I hate this thing. This is awful. Why would you ever watch this thing? And the other side's like, hey, this is my this is my jam. I'm all about this. And then we come in and then we try to figure out how we feel about it. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot at stake here, everyone. It's 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 big, big fish. We're frying here on the uh, polarized podcast. Um, yes, we, we consult with our, our trusty Rotten Tomatoes to, uh, figure out which of these movies are polarizing. Um, they'll have that little rotten score next to one of the camps, uh, audience or critics, and then they'll have a fresh score, uh, on the other side. And, uh, today we're talking about Wicker Park from 2004. Uh, yeah, it's a mystery thriller drama. It's a movie. And uh, we're going to talk about it right now. And by we, I mean the great Brandini, my, uh, my <laughs> sweet, sweet uh, audience. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Brandini show, as I like to uh, like to say. How's it going over there, great Brandini? <laughs> Man, I, 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 it's it was so funny hearing that intro because I, I, it was. I would say one of your strongest intros that we've done. Oh my God. And I, and I would, and it's really funny that we're, that, that it happened for this movie because this movie. Oh, bummer. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, wow, man, fuck that was because yeah you know any long-time listeners like we're always you know we don't have a script like we're we've been starting to get it like honed in every week about yeah. like getting the things out the one thing and and maybe it's now would be that you know we'll we'll mention the score and whatnot but like yeah the way that you presented oh, it was mistake. amazing no it's fine um the so way that you presented it wasn't the best one then well then we'll say the uh i i gotta mention these these numbers here um, we got a 27% rating from the critic uh, side of things uh, for Wicker Park. And we got a 79% for audience. Yeah, which um, is, yeah. yeah. I think, look, I you know, I, I, it's still your intro is perfect because I think oh, adding, like, me being here now to talk about the score, I think is really funny because that, and good. And that sets us off on, you know, the top, like, you know, the conversation that we're going to have about this poopy movie. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like I just, I feel like the, that 79% is like just because people really liked Josh Hartnett. Like, you know, this is 2004, 2004 and Josh Hartnett was a heartthrob. People were excited to see him in movies. Yeah, he was a Josh got, Hartnett throb. You said it. He, yeah, he's a Josh. <laughs> and nailed that. Nailed it. Zing. Uh, zing. Uh, zing. Uh, yeah, so like, I feel that's probably the biggest contributing factor to that score because I don't think anybody really is. I mean, maybe there's some Rose Byrne fans out there, which is cool. Cause like, she's had a great career. She's had an arguably better, the best career out of anybody in this movie. And she's like the weirdest and strangest and like 
are I don't it, I would go so far to say she is at the bottom of the like list of people like performances in this movie. How do you feel about that statement? Would bottom you say of the somebody- list in terms of what you uh, you're talking about, Rose Byrne. I'm talking about um, like strength of performance. Like if you were to rank the people in this movie mm. as to who was the strongest performer and who was the least strongest, uh, I think Rose Byrne like and. and I think a lot of it has to do with the director and directing her into a tonal mess. And like, it just doesn't so much, so much of the discussion I wanted to have when I was watching this is like, I feel like I'm just going to continue to ask James on the podcast about what is happening in this movie because yeah. this movie oh, was I was so- hoping that you would know damn it <laughs> okay damn it because this movie is confounding mm-hmm. I was so like I looked at it at 48 minutes in and I'm like yeah oh this is what's going on and I just I was so like up in the air about like why what is why is she here why are they here what mm-hmm. does any of this all mean and um yeah and we'll get into more of it but like that's exactly how they want you to feel and also like i was thinking if i were to watch this movie as it came out and i think these ratings i don't know that i feel like they reflect a time when this movie came out i i believe rotten tomatoes was a thing because yeah i don't know if these same people maybe they still love it maybe they still watch it every year but going back to it i don't know how well it would hold up for them because i i don't know i do feel like i I was, this movie was on my radar just to put like, I don't have a history with it or anything beyond I, it was on my radar because it had a, uh, a stellar soundtrack for, a 2004 James, yeah. uh, 14 year old James, where it had like cold play and it has uh mates of state and broken social scene, uh, and Postal Service and the Shins. Some of these songs aren't actually in the movie, but I was in like LimeWire LimeWire phase, yeah. and I was just like looking for, oh man, I love Postal Service. I wonder if there's any other Postal Service songs out there. So I searched up Postal Service on LimeWire and just got like everything that they've ever made and everything the Shins had made. And some of these weren't released on studio albums. So like I was like, why do I have and know pretty well like about this? Uh, Phil Collins cover that Postal Service does of Against All Odds, which is really good, but it's not. In the, it, it bummed me out because that's all I knew about this movie <laughs> was that right. there was a Postal Service cover of a Phil Collins song. And I was like, ooh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm curious to see how that comes up in the movie and it doesn't come up. <laughs> and then I, I didn't hear any shin. Maybe there was like a instrumental I version. I, don't know. I, I think it's just like this is the yeah. time when and we've talked about some movies where. Uh, mainly in the nineties where like the big song and a soundtrack was a big part of um, um, some movies that came out, like we did yeah, Armageddon uh-huh. and empire records. Um, and with some of these ones, it's like interesting to see how it evolves and forms into like a uh, cross promotion uh, mm-hmm. for like music totally. and bands that are popular at the time that fit the vibe of this movie but don't uh-huh, nec- sure. aren't necessarily in it or like in the DNA in terms of like the score or anything like that. Um, but they're like, uh, that's cross, really, it's like cross yeah. promoted and, and stuff, you know, and like where there'll be a music video that'll have snippets of Josh Hartnett and Diane Kruger or something along with like 
Ben Gibbard from Postal Service singing on top of it or something like that. Right. Be He's uh, yeah. driving the car in the music video. <laughs> oh, I love driving car music videos. You know, and then like the I would put my conversation or whatever. It's like, yeah, uh, Rose Byrne gets into a cab and it's just like, yeah. Ben Gibbard, right, is his name. It's just like the taxi driver or whatever. Sure, I love he's, this. And he's singing to her the whole time when he takes her to, yeah, this. I don't. So she doesn't really have a job, right? Rose Rose uh, Byrne. I mean, Rose Byrne. She's an actor. I mean, she was in that. She was in that play. She's right, not a nurse. I, that's what I meant. Is so yeah. she's not a nurse, right? She's okay. acting as a nurse, like a, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. But no, that's a really great point to bring up because this movie does play like a music video because there's a lot of like crazy. Yeah, there's just a lot of crazy stuff going on visually in this movie. And then it's then like a drought will happen where it's like, I really hate the way this looks. And then, Mm. you know, these transitions and these, uh, you know, kind of either uh, voiceover moments or just non-speaking moments where somebody's like doing something or going somewhere. Like it it just has this phonetic, I think editing where it's like, it's, it's like kind of, yeah, it, Oh, so many crazy, a lot of split screen and like wipes. uh, wipes there was one where it would be like a section of the screen would come up and then it would like it would like fade away and mm-hmm. it was like the, they were still moving across the screen but it was like these steps are of, of, of frozen frames as it was happening oh yeah there's like and there's like pillars of things kind of right kind of sliding by and then also i'm glad we're talking about the overall look look and feel of, the, of this movie because there are choices that are being made like this. Mm-hmm. It's very like once things really start getting mixed up in the timeline and, and perspectives are changing, they will do this thing where it's like a zoom crash zoom with like a pause on the frame and then a cut to the next person. And it's a pause on that uh, cut as well. Like with the next uh, shot. Yes. That cutting uh-huh. to. Mm-hmm. And it will be paused and then it will go on right and with like some sound effects as well, like coupled with it. And I guess that was their way of letting you know that this this is a flashback. And every single time there was a flashback in this movie, I was just like, uh, like, uh-huh. like, why? Like, and and this is I mean, the overall kind of feel I have of this movie where it's like we'll get into some of the broader strokes of the plot and everything. But like it was a movie where it would have been fine. Like it would have been a fine movie had it just been done a more linear route towards like what the story was trying to tell me, but it does it in this way where it's like purposely trying to fuck with you as the audience of like, it's mm -hmm. oh well we're just going to mix the timeline. We're going to throw a bunch of flashbacks at you. We're going to switch perspectives like halfway through we're going to have like, you know, these things, you know, these twists or whatever of like the Lisa Lisa thing. And and wh- what does it all mean and everything? But it's like it's very and very disingenuous to the audience in terms of like how it treats you and what characters know and what you as audience knows. And it's just like the things that would mix me up was the editing and the timeline right? where mm-hmm. like I yes, feel like uh-huh. I totally could get this and there is not much going on. There's you, not. But that's you guys are thing. like purposely making it obtuse and weird Tuse. and hard mm-hmm. to like uh, 
dip my toe into and not in like a Charlie Kaufman, I'm thinking of anything sort of way where it's like more purposeful in the way of it fits the thematic elements of the movie and totally get that movie being polarizing. And I kind of get this one being polarizing too. Um, But I think that's what frustrated me most is the structure. I I think I would have, we'll get to our ratings at the end, but like it would have been like a higher, you know, whatever middling sort of score had it not been like fucking just uh, really hard to get through structure wise as, as an audience member. And I did the same thing as you said, where I paused and was like, huh? Like we still have this much left. And like, what what are we doing here? And I feel like, what are the, and the stakes too are just, uh, they're non-existent. Like, cause I don't believe that Josh Hartnett has, Josh Hartnett seems like he just doesn't really care about anything. So it's hard for me to care about him succeeding. And then it doesn't present it well that he actually like, and he doesn't convey it well that he actually loves Diane Kruger's character. Cause we see him first with, uh, Jessica Pierre, I think is her name or something like that. And, um, Hooray first wife. Hooray, because that's how the movie starts, right? Is he we see her is at, at the a, beginning and we see her at the end. <laughs> yeah. It's Josh Hartnett is going to a meeting in Chicago uh at this restaurant. I can't remember what it is, but they go there a couple times. And I think it's Bellucci's um, because I Bellucci, this is a, okay, this yeah. is based on a French movie called The Apartment. Um, and Monica Bellucci was in that movie. I was, I don't know. IMDb trivia attributed that, that as right. like a fun little bit or whatever, but yeah, th- this was a French movie with Vincent Gassel and, uh, Monica Bellucci. That's like a loose adaptation of Midsummer Night's a Dream apparently, but mm-hmm. I mean, I read the, I read about the, the apartment and it sounded much more interesting because the way that they, it, the plot is described, like it really makes you it like focuses on things that matter more than what this focuses on, because there's not a lot of like interior into Rose Burns character. Like why, mm-hmm. you know, it, there is, I, I don't want to say that there isn't, there is, it just sucks because it's not yeah. like it. <laughs> I get that she needs to come off as crazy, but it, there's just nothing. There's nothing. We don't know anything about her. And it, it just seems so happenstance that Diane Kruger is her neighbor. And then mm. she just becomes emphatically obsessed with her, which then translates into her obsession with him. And it's like, where does that come from? Mm. And it just, I, yeah. It, and that it could be fine too if it was scarier and her like vindictiveness or her troubling obsession was more like there was more consequences for it because nothing it nothing happens like and it just yeah it drove me crazy but oh that's getting ahead of myself because yeah like uh, in no, the beginning I mean, you t- you, t- you touch on something cuz i think another like very carnal issue that i have with um with this movie and it's it's yeah is its structure and part of the reason that what they want to work doesn't for me is because we're starting here at the beginning they don't really set their baseline as to what what is reality reality and what is a normal 
life, like a normal day in the life of this guy. It's like very quick, very minor. Like he goes to the restaurant. He's got this girlfriend his, and he works with her brother and he's, he's, having, so and he's about to take this trip, trip to China. And that's like, uh, yeah. it. that's like it. Like that's, that's your it, it, like introduction to his character. And then like the whole like scene at that restaurant is fucking that is flashbacked to so many times throughout the movie in a not satisfying way of like, Oh, it was her who broke her heel. And she was in having this conversation on this other payphone that was also in the restaurant. And I was like, I roll, I don't care. Sign me off. But yeah. that was like a big scene in terms of like, I don't know, kind of the Tarantino effect of like, Oh, well like we're going, we're constantly like t- taking two steps forward, one step back and restarting and that that kind of happens more and more as a movie goes on and at that point i'm already frustrated so once it starts happening more and more i'm like fucking get on with it like tell me what you want me to know instead of like being like oh and there's this but let's let's go back and look at this and then like uh and it was not if those things are gonna those things have to be satisfying if they're gonna work if there's gonna be a twist if there's gonna be a reveal of something but anyways yeah that that big bigger point that i wanted to say was just there was no proper baseline to wrap myself around for josh hartnett to act, start acting the way that he does when you know he meets uh lisa and just goes head over heels for for or like sorry lisa is someone that he knew in the past or something and then he sees her again and because he lost her like the, all this whole timeline shit just fucks me up dude like it oh big time man it it fucks me up and like the whole time i'm thinking like yeah like what what is what parade whatever his fiance like there's just a one scene with her and then he tells her he's going off to china and then this whole thing with lisa happens he lies to to his fiance and says he's going he doesn't he stays and he's just like just like meets up with his buddy matthew lillard right off the bat and that was thing, something that threw me off because, like, as the movie goes on, they're like tight knit buddies throughout yes. this whole uh-huh. fucking movie. And then you, I had to remind myself by the end, it's like, oh yeah, the beginning of this movie, they like run into each other because yeah, because he's right. because Matthew Lillard is like seeing Lisa too or whatever. And ugh, this, uh-huh. this fucking timeline. So, like, throughout the movie, they're just like they're just best buddies and they're hanging out all the time. And I just forget. I'm like, Oh yeah, they were just, they just reconnected. Um, so what he is doing is not, is not normal. We don't know what normal is for this movie. What in this world, it just goes straight into bat. Like, I don't know, not complete bad shit, but like a boring version of that. (laughs) Totally. Because like there, you would assume that there is a fair amount of time that elapses. Like, so he's gone like, well, I guess we're set in a time frame of he is gone in, china for how long it's two weeks yeah something like that yeah he's like has this job he's a photographer Uh, i forget what exactly he's shooting in china though i (laughs) this movie is like there's so much he's a he's a but i i remember him being like so he's working for a company so i think he's like an ad executive guy okay where he's like going to shoot a commercial or something maybe that's and then he then he goes to this video shop and he's like knows the lady that works there really well and he's like checking out footage and he sees that's where he sees lisa and i'm like oh he's like i thought there was this whole thing where like it's gonna turn out that oh he's the stalker or something you think that like that's what i thought too someone's gonna stalk him but it's like it turns out that he's the one that's stalking 
uh, Lisa or whatever, because he does, he does some creepy moves. Like he looks at that camera and he sees her and then he follows her to her dance class and watches her. Um, and then, uh, and then he, I would like to talk about Matthew Lillard's shoe shop next, but uh, he goes to this the shoe shop and then pretends to work there so that he can uh, give, like, so he can size her uh, for shoes and, like, get, to yeah, and, and get, and get her number, yeah. yeah, to get her number. And she just yeah. puts her foot right on his la- on his leg, and it's like, all right, like, let's... Let's get those shoes on. Like, yeah. yeah. But I guess, and then you find out later that she knows that she, he's been following her and stuff. So I don't know. She's kind of in on it, but then he, he makes he, this he, fucking he, joke, Brandon. He makes this yeah. joke. Hey, we love movies over here. Just like, I mean, that's our thing here at polarized podcast. So let me tell you that I just creamed my jeans when I heard a <laughs> Fellini fucking joke in this goddamn movie. I fucking went, I was so happy. I was, he's just like, oh, like Fellini, eight and a half. Oh, Fellini. Oh, yeah, right. Get it? Mm. No, I just feel like the director was like, hey, say this to show how funny and smart you are, because that's what I would do. Holy shit. Yeah, because I, I like that just went way over my head. <laughs> so what's the joke there? Oh, it's just that's a movie that that guy directed and called eight and a half. What's, a, what's it about? I'm not that that cultured of a film uh, film watcher oh, yeah. to have. I I watched some of it. I didn't finish it, but it's like I, it's kind of like a magnum opus of his. That is, uh, as far as I know, it's like uh, you know very artistic and about Fellini's life as a filmmaker and kind of like a, okay. a swan song as well as like kind of a magnum opus. Like, but also a lot of like, uh, I feel like pretentious film directors like will cite that as their favorite movie because it's like a movie about film directing if a film director yeah. and like that is mm-hmm. and i shouldn't comment too much because i'm just uncultured swine i haven't seen all of it but it's you know it's got some there's like there's some famous shots from it that i know of you know whatever but anyways that's okay. that's some like josh hart he's like it's just <sighs> i'm in this you know movie. what, what I, yeah like his face man is uh, I don't know what it is, but I don't what, like what's wrong with his face? <laughs> I just like it drives me crazy, his face, because he just he has this look like he his lips are just like kind of small in his mouth and he just like he looks confused. Yes. And blank blank yeah i think blank more so yeah blank of like oh yeah it's weird whenever he's confident because i don't believe it but that's obviously like he's a good looking guy i'm sure he's got plenty of confidence like but it's so weird because i just can't believe him because it just seems like he's so timid and like Mm -hmm. uncertain and doesn't really get what's going on. He seems so out of place wherever he's at, where he's just like, you know, everything I don't, (laughs) I just don't understand anything that's going on around me. And it's such a, yeah, he's such an interesting actor. (laughs) I feel, yeah, I feel it. I guess I don't know. Like I can't cite like a Josh Hart, Josh Harnett performances and I just know I know of him and I'm sure I've seen him in plenty of things but I can't like cite them off the top of my head right now but 
he does have this air of like mystery and uh-huh, it's kind yeah. of like you can kind of i guess project what you think and feel about him and i don't know he's he's hot he's such hot shit at this time he's and he's, i know he's he's hunktacular at this point and <laughs> yep. there's that's what they called him the josh hunktacular <laughs> and uh you know other people that were going for the role were like freddie prince jr just to give you an idea of the time that we're in and uh yeah, even like right. brendan brendan fraser i i found out and uh i oh there's there's one other I I forget, but I mean to have Freddie Prince and Matthew Lillard together, that would have been that would have been cool right before some Scooby Doo action or after I forget. Um, but Math, yes, Matthew Lillard is in this movie. He is he is his buddy. He runs this uh, shoe shop that I don't know. Can you explain to me? Maybe this is like a cult, a Chinese uh, cultural thing that they have playing cards with women on the fronts outside of a shoe store. Like in the, like right in the front, whatever you call it, like uh front window is, is just these mm-hmm. huge playing card uh, displays with like scantily clad Chinese women on these playing cards. And they were just, Where was that? That was at the oh, shoe shop. They show like it, they it? show this shot like multiple times. It's so really? strange to me, like these huge posters of playing cards and instead of like a king or a queen, it's just like sexy or scantily clad, attractive uh, Chinese women, like with a king or a queen or whatever. And then there's like a set of shoes underneath the playing cards. And that's how like how it's advertised. And it right. showed it multiple times. And and like and like I was just like, what is the deal with that? Like, why? <laughs> why is like, why is it playing cards? Like, why is it trying to look like? sexy like that you don't even see the women wearing shoes in the picture <laughs> oh my like, god i i just did, i just didn't understand me I, I guess it fit matthew lillard's character or something he seemed kind of like a skeezy sort of dude or, or something but that just it seems so strange of like yeah i don't know a shoe shop but why would you i mean that? i guess that yeah i i guess that's what was hot and uh chinese or like women's fashion because i mean a lot of that stuff is like done by men you know women aren't really you know participating in the conversations for advertising even in 2004 um and especially i would assume in like chinese markets where if it's coming over and like they're in chicago and i guess maybe there's just a large like uh yeah i guess china china comes up a lot i mean there must be like he's leaving from there to go to china so i wonder if there's there can't be because they just ran into each other. I was thinking for a second, it's like, is somehow he as an advertising or marketing executive, like getting his friend shoes into the store or whatever, but there's no way because they, they just ran into each other. But I guess that would be, yeah, I was thinking uh, about an explanation for that. But yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty fair guess. Right. But they haven't seen each other in forever. Right. Um, and all of this, like at the beginning of the movie is kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just playing out like a pretty run of the mill or like straightforward to say the least, um, <laughs> romantic sort of, it could be, it could go one direction, like more thriller, more, dra- a- more drama. Um, not funny. It's just like, it's more down. I mean, you, you got a very, a toned down Matthew Lillard and. I'm not the biggest Matthew Lillard guy, but he's like fine in this movie. He's, he's very, he's very toned down. And I like that. I like that version of version yeah. of him a lot. Like, uh, like in, he's in the twin peaks, the return. He's really great in that too. 
Um, Hell yeah. He's in a a TV show. I can't remember. It's like on like right now where he's on one of those like procedural cop shows. Oh, hell yeah. And he's just like fucking rocking. I mean, I mean, Shaggy, you can't beat you can't beat Shaggy. Like that's that's like a masterful Shaggy performance (laughs) and you can't have a better one. Um, But yeah, he's 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 a little he just can be he's a handful that that guy. But he doesn't. Yeah, you can't fault him for trying. and. He has, uh, yeah, he's got some good moments in this. And I like just his whole attitude replicated mine at certain points where he was very confused as to what the fuck was going on and who was who. And like, I just at the end when he's like having the the dinner with Hartnett and Lisa too, Rose Byrne, and he's just clueless. And he's just sitting, he's just sitting there he's trying like, to figure it out. He's being so mean. He's just so out of the loop on all of this. I can relate. Which is again, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Matthew Lillard is the audience surrogate in this movie. Um, yeah, like I love his performance in this. He was my he was the top for me. And then it was yeah, like, same. Diane Kruger. I agree. W- 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 was like interesting. You know, it's just yeah. I would then go Hartnett Burn. Um, I know what you mean about Rose Burn, and I do think it. Yeah, I think direction is left to blame for some of the unevenness of her performance. But she right. was doing some some pretty interesting things that I thought was like kept kept me like somewhat entertained, and um, I thought that was like a good turn for her to play someone who is a little and like, I don't know, like antagonistic or creepy or I I don't know. I thought she like, there was aspects that worked for me about, about her in that part. Um, But I do think there was like, yeah, strange, like unevenness and not as much of like, yeah, I guess consistency in um, what she was doing. And and in a way, in a way I don't completely blame her. Cause yeah, it's just, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that she had to do, especially when things start to pick up with like revealing more about who she is and what she's doing. And, um, yeah, I don't even know if I can fucking fully explain it. You know, it's like, you already kind of said earlier, she's like the neighbor that like housed Diane Kruger when she was going through a breakup and, um, you know, I, it seemed like she was in love with, upset. she yeah. was in love with Lisa and then she falls in love with, um, Maddie and, uh, which is, uh, Josh Hartnett's character. And she's kind of in the, in the middle of all this and turns out to be the one who's engineering this whole plot to keep Lisa one away and kind of assume her identity and also kind of supplant her as the love interest for Josh Hartnett. And I don't know. Yeah, it's like I will. Almost, I will repeat again. His fiance is just never mentioned until the the very end. Absolutely not. <laughs> There's all this going right. Absolutely, That's because yeah, point, but yeah. It it takes time for us to be shown why the relationship to that Lisa one and Josh Hartnett have is like a good relationship to be on board for because mm-hmm. really he hasn't, you know, he just essentially lied to his fiance who seemed nice. She was even like, you know, Hey, I know you're stressed out. Here's a sleeping pill or whatever. Like this will, mm-hmm. this will help you out. She seemed cool. <laughs> she, I don't know. Yeah. She called him. She's like, you know, to check in uh, in China. It's just, that was the, those are the only 
few things i don't really know what to think of her besides yeah and then like when she picks him up at the airport and he's just like i never went to china and she's like oh well what's going on is everything okay and then she's like he's like things haven't been right for the past two years i hate you and she's like was there something I did? Out of left field. No, I like Lisa. Lisa's completely There's blindsided. This girl. I don't know. And she's like, well, fuck, man. Like, uh, and then she has some like kind of line that was supposed to pack a bigger punch than it than it did. But she, she, yeah, she's completely blameless, faultless, and also like very nice. And until like, yeah. And then the very end, she's just like, well, fuck. Okay. Bye. And then he just breaks it off with her. That's, that's the end of this movie. But yeah, I mean, in the, <laughs> in the, I mean, we're, I don't know, like that's this podcast. Dude, seriously. I mean, we're not going to get too in the weeds. I feel like with this, because like even watching this and being a part of like watching it, it was just like, it didn't, it, it was, it it's meaningless it. because it's meaningless. They, you don't know. they are not structuring it in, in a way I'm repeating myself. See, this is what's going to happen is just, it's like, they're, right. they're not straight where they're divvying out information in a way that's purposeful so mm -hmm. that it makes it engaging. They're doing it in a way that's just fucking with you to, so you can be like, they want you to be like, Oh, ooh, <laughs> what's happening? Are next? You oh, and then at the end of every scene, I was like, who fucking cares? cares? Like, move on movie. Like, I don't, I just, I was getting actually like frustrated. And that was the thing. It was like where it had potential to be a fine movie, a fine movie, have a little sexual intrigue and, and, uh, and some romance and like the thriller elements have like a stalker sort of scenario, but they just hacked it up into this thing that was like, Oh, I don't know. We'll cater to the music and make it seem like a music video and just milk it when you should just get to get on with it. Um, but there's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah. what this, this whole swaths of the mi middle portion of this movie, like I don't have many notes because it's just kind of like, you're just sitting there like, huh, huh. It's kind of bouncing all around. But there's, there's one note I have about that director. That's, uh, directing her at the mm -hmm. um she, is she what is she doing it's not king lear is it or no 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 it's, it's they, she was holding uh, a king lear uh book i forget right. was, was it shakespeare it's a shakespeare it was shakespeare, it was shakespeare. Yeah, maybe it was yeah, midsummer yeah. night's dream or something but um uh, i don't think it is because that's what i thought and then i remember okay. looking it up and, and it saying it was maybe like it's like othello or some shit i don't know i don't know but he's like the most intense stage director in the world and i thought that was like i don't know he i just had to make a note of that because he was so fiery and uh, like yeah he uh, right gave he was, that role 110 percent, and he was i i was trying to figure out like man he is really frustrated with her performance he wants the best out of her and he's like really tearing her down as a person have you ever experienced love before you fucking idiot Right. How dare you come into my stage and you haven't experienced the tender touch of a man or woman, whatever you want. How dare you, Lisa, if that's your real name. <laughs> I just wanted him to be like smoking a cigarette. He wasn't, but he's just like so intense. Yeah. And that would have been that would have fit in the movie if she would have received that information or it would have affected her the way that he was providing that. Like, because it. it, it 
you know, you could interpret his him being the vest, like the representation of all of the pressure she has put and been put on mm-hmm. in some way to find love, to be successful, those things like so much. You could read this script and be like, well, it's really important that she is broken down because this, there needs to be some type of breaking that's happening to drive her to do these insane things that mm-hmm. she's done. I see. What and Matthew Lillard is just sitting there like, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. <laughs> Let's go home. You're sick? I oh, loved fuck it you. Way. I mean, I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> right. I, oh, my God. And she just treats him like shit. And, but I loved that moment where Matthew Lillard's there and then he, she's getting yelled at. And then he like it's a, a shot of him being like, is anybody listening? <laughs> and that that was his face on that is so funny matthew lillard has a funny face i i dig it Uh, yeah i don't know he's yeah he he (laughs) yeah he's kind of bewildered and he's kind of like he's a good like best friend in a romantic comedy like but he he, yeah he brought some levity and he and he was um you know, he had those really goofy, goofy moments like, the whole time. Hey, yeah, but like take the keys from my car. Just make sure you get it back later. And then he actually fucks up. Doesn't get, you know, you know, that's coming the foreshadowing, but he was pretty cool about it. He's like, yeah, you know what? And it's like, you should have just got me those keys, but whatever. I guess I'm, I'm fucked. She's not going to want me back or like, she's not going to want to go on a date with me. And, um, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, you know, he's a little creepy or whatever. He's, he's just that kind of, uh, kind of guy that's like oh well oh you're dating somebody oh, i would just have both if it were me <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but that's like yeah. yeah it's such like the best friend like you know like in a, in a romantic sort of movie yeah i feel i feel like he fills those shoes um really well and i do agree that he was my favorite performance in this movie and i had the best time sure. when he was on screen too and he almost did like a shaggy thing at at one point as well um but yeah, I mean, I have a note in here that says, what is time? No, right, exactly. Because the time mm-hmm. just jumps so much. I can't stress that enough that at the end of a scene, it'll do that crash zoom to her face and it'll be like, okay, we're going flashback style or flash or who even knows. And it's just, and then it, it's it, chopped up to all hell. It is so nauseous. Yeah, it's like whiplash you you go from like what time is it where are we i in this movie made me insane <laughs> like or made me it drove me crazy mm-hmm. yeah i was it's frustrating it's a frustrating experience that's why i say like it, it goes down in points for like making me annoyed and like i could have just i could have just been bored or like just been like a little bored but then i was like engaging in a negative way like what the no, like, don't you're acting Stop like it. I should I should be more interested after that scene. Like, oh, I bet you want to know what that means. I'm like, no, no. Like, there's a no, half no. hour left in this movie. And I don't think much more is going to happen. And it really didn't like it really. Dude, it, what, 15 what? minutes of this movie feels like a half an hour, 45 minutes, because it's yeah. just I'm it. it it will Ugh. rewind and start again. It'll and you rewind. see that It'll same just... scene in the fucking restaurant. There go. There's so many things where they go back to that restaurant, um, in the apartment and then, yeah, to the titular park itself and waiting out there while like some, uh, you know, fake kind of like indie sort of disparate music plays in the background. And he's 
people are just kind of looking around and then these slide slides and weird pan like uh sorry uh wipes and and things like that that are like convincing you that this is artistic and that this is like worth it yeah there's like a tinge of like garden state a little bit too mm. i'd say yeah, there's like kind of almost around this time as well where it'll just like halt the movie to a stop and kind of play a song and have characters right. just kind of look off like you know it's a music video um mm. and uh i don't know you know, like where, josh hartnett like standing at like waiting for lisa to show up in front of that hot dog stand like the, there's just so much time spent to just him being like standing and waiting and then it's oh, a lot yeah. of in transit because josh hartnett the whole time is like trying to hunt down because that's where the, this movie could be fun if that stuff was more interesting where he's like needing to figure out where she went mm-hmm because yeah there obviously she needs to be found because the movie says so but yeah none of that is um yeah it's just it's confusing as to what he's doing he and yeah. i think and the reason i bring or up the fiance a lot is because i think that she she will be a bearing to what when and where you are in time of like is he with her it's like what's their right. deals like of their relationship and i think that serves that purpose as well as what kind of guy he is. And you just don't know these things for as much time as you spend with, with him, with, I mean, if anything, you get to know Rose Byrne the most, I'd, I'd say, um, by the end of this movie, because even Josh Arnett, as much time as you spend with him, it's like, I don't know. You seem kind of just like a impulsive douchebag to me. That is not really like, uh, taking what's in front of you seriously. Cause yeah, he's just like bailing on his job. He's bailing on his fiance all for this Lisa girl. And it's like, why the fuck should I care about you? Like what, yeah. what who, who cares? And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'll just go through, keep going through some of my notes, my notes to kind of keep us on some sort of track, but I can't mm-hmm. see us like spending that much more time on this <laughs> movie to be honest. Um, I don't know what, but like, I, I don't know, like, I think she like leaves, like Lisa one leaves after like a dancing or something. And then I, th- I think that's what it is. And then Josh Hartnett like approaches, I think it's like the coach or, or someone, I don't know. He's like, and he's like, she left. Oh, well, did she say anything? And the guy's like, like what? Yeah. And then that's, it just ends like that. It's like, why are you asking <laughs> me? And what would she say to me that has anything to do with you? And why? I just love that of like, that's such a romantic movie thing to do of like well did she she's gone already well did she say anything about me did she mention me at all it's like who the fuck are you why are you asking yeah. me why should i care get on my face like I don't, like <laughs> why would i know um there's the coffee in the wine glasses because why does she break all of her mugs like her all of her <laughs> mugs are, she, she says that's just oh, a quirky thing to do i i don't fucking know i know i i think what that was is that so diane kruger lisa one was in a toxic relationship which drove her to ah. row but then diane kruger never got coffee mugs after that because i don't i feel like when the scene she, of she left me, she, because she left on that co- with the dance company yeah right? and then like lisa too like took over her apartment man right and then like that's the with the whole key thing I, I see if we cared more, we'd probably be willing to be like, okay, 
Wicker Park. Let's break this all down because it's worth yeah. it. It's not fucking worth it. It's just not no, worth it. Like, I would love so much if it was like, okay, it's really about the apartments and it's about her taking over this, living that life. And there's this apartment switching that's going on. And there's something more like yeah. kinetic like or talented Mr. Or Ripley sort of right. like oh, focused on her or something. Uh, right. Yeah. And focus on her. What's going on with the apartment? Like you're barely leaving it. She's insane. And she's creating mm. this whole Lisa to life. She's dating she's Matthew just, Lillard at the same time. Like that one right. scene where she's got to be in two places at one time. It's like, there we go. That's the meat and potato. Like that should be some fun times of like, Oh my God. Oh and no. I've, and I'm pretending to be another person. And she's got to like, spin these plates there. I don't know. There could have been more of that. That's and then, yeah, she, uh, the, she is always concerned and going somewhere. There's also not like a time where, so she fucks Josh Hartnett. Like yeah. she got what she wanted. Yeah. And it, all that happens is, is that she's like, you know, very timid about the coffee situation. And then very quickly has to run off to go to a non-existent job and there's no like man i guess she's going is she going to rehearsal like I, she doesn't want to tell him that she's an actor because that'll come back to her with the matthew lillard if that she's i don't it's why does she have to go right i don't i don't get that i don't get it at all but there, like a big payoff of the movie should have been rose burden winning and it doesn't let her win at all because she just has to go right back in the charade of things right like you're saying is like may, I there's think maybe really no like, arc for her i mean she is treated as a villain and it's just like fuck her what she wants like she doesn't get what she wants she's a villain and she fucked with these people's lives he seems like a good person too she did i mean she she did a pretty like fucked up thing whatever but it's like josh hartnett's doing fucked up shit too so it's i don't get why i don't get why the movie needs to treat her so poorly as in josh hartnett like gets what he wants like as if he's earned it or deserves it in 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 any way and uh is there's so much time given to style over substance it's like it's very simple way of way of thinking of it there's plenty of times in the movie where it's just like they want this to seem cooler than it is or smarter than it than what's actually happening when it's actually like it's from a to b it's interesting it's probably pretty simple it's just like there's this middle portion where there's a lot of like back and forth and like him chasing lisa but then yeah like he he's in that he falls asleep in that apart and sorry in the hotel after he gets the card from uh matthew lillard right doesn't he get that hotel key from does he get it from matthew lillard and then i don't know there's all the stuff where he's like he goes to the bar to tell the bar that bartender was the coolest dude i don't know yeah he was also just like so down to do anything of like He's like, hey, this girl came in here yesterday, broke her heel. I have this note that I want you to yeah. give her if she comes back in here anytime. He's like, yep, yeah, okay, bye. And he's like, <laughs> he's like that's a very like complicated thing. Like he gives, he slides him, slides him a twenty, but still, he's like, Lisa, right? And then it oh, comes yeah, back Lisa, and he, Lisa, right? Oh yeah. Hey, hold on one second. Then yeah, goes back, saves it, brings it out, and it's this. Um, yeah, no it? problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he gets asked originally a question. He's like, no, we don't have that. And then he, yeah, she's like, oh, like behind uh, somewhere. Oh, man. Yeah. That guy was down to. Yeah. He's a good bartender. Yeah. He, he was just. Lucci. Yeah. He's doing 
doing his doing his job very well and you see him uh, a few times i think he helps some, with something else later too but I, I don't know yeah and so like we talk we talk about that he comes into that uh that apartment because there's that's the original that's the uh, Lisa. Guy, he or like he, the guy that's the guy that's putting that note um underneath the mm-hmm. door that's like the original daniel or something like that yeah and he's like the ex then what nothing really comes of him i feel like there could have been a bit more of like i don't because there was some real ominous foreshadowing look that he gave um to seeing josh hartnett and lisa two going at it but then he was upset about lisa one so when he saw that going down he just saw the shadow he didn't know which lisa it was right it was just happening in the apartment yeah right I don't know. I feel like there's way. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stop repeating myself. I just feel like if this is more linear then I feel like this would just would have been easier to discuss and more enjoyable to watch as well, because it's just like <laughs> obtuse for not only watching it now, now that us talking about it. It's like, yeah, I guess. But who yes. really like. You know, who the cares? ending's the yeah. same, like whether that is whether uh, certain things are true or not. Like and who ne- cares? Yeah, only. It all kind of, lead, of like, yeah. leads to leads to where you expect it to. Um, yeah, I guess next part of my next note is the person that person who works at the airline that gets Josh Hartnett his tickets is I fucking the I shit fucking out of the him. shit out of. Oh, my God. And that was the thing that was that dro- I'm sorry, but drove me fucking crazy because like by this point in the movie, like we've talked about is it's like, dude, Josh Hartnett's not a great dude. So really, this uh, this is another interaction of like, I, I think his interactions with the service people and whatnot is he seems like a nice person. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt there that he is isn't coming in there being like an a-hole or like, you know, being crazy or whatever. He's just, you know, he always looks concerned. I mean, that's just his operating face. He's always just so concerned about what's happening. <laughs> and. And, yeah, it was so funny to me because that was epitomized like. I so just even her was like down to fuck this guy and it's like why if this is a normal this is a normal interaction he isn't going out of his way to like you know to show any interest like you are just like you're putting yourself out there and it which happens fine totally but this is a movie and we're spending time with this. Why didn't we just spend time showing this service person wanting to fuck Josh Hartnett? Like that doesn't <laughs> aid in the movie at all. That doesn't make it more interesting. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. So all you're doing is, is just like, yeah, isn't it like, look at this, you know, you're just, <laughs> you're just putting him on display, which is, you know, weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I thought, because there's nothing that comes out of that. Like, and it's very obvious to the point where it's like <laughs> Sean Connery going to check in at a hotel and <laughs> and whatever. And they're like money penny. It's like him walking in money penny is like, oh, hello, Mr. <laughs> Bo. <Ooh. laughs> hello. <laughs> um. <laughs> it just immediately she's like, that's a tall drink of water. <laughs> Just, she is immediately on, she's on like board. eyes up and down and then like she's like i cannot get you that that flight that you're looking uh, for okay. and uh, you're gonna have right. to have this cross connection then she like takes a moment looks him down up up and down again like you know what come back at four and we'll figure it out 
and uh, and he does. And then and then you see Lisa one go in there and talk to the same person. And that's when I knew I was like, oh, he would. I mean, as if it wasn't already obvious, she does not give her the same attention that she gave <laughs> Josh uh-huh. Hartnett. She's not as not as into Diane Kruger. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I just had to make a note of that because it was just like so obvious and pointless at the same time. Just like, yeah, why? Why? Um yeah, so many. That's co- that's Waker Park Two. Is then she's now the the Rose Byrne character, and that's the universe and setup that they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you get another flashback, and then her face changes. And stuff. I would love that too, because what that also implies is that it, it's you know discussing the point that's frustrating about this is is that if a series of movies was all about like each one would just have a you know at some point a girl would interact with josh hartnett and just his vibe (laughs) just causes them to be stalkerish obsessive crazy like you know impersonate other people wacko shit and then that's just a series that it comes out it's just (laughs) josh hartnett having to deal with that (laughs) and it's like because i mean he can handle this uh pretty well of like why is this happening to me? You know, he's, he has, the, he's able to do that. <laughs> Why is this happening to me? Oh, what did I do? <laughs> are, are you what? No. Yeah, Lisa. Oh, no way. Oh, this, what? Uh, I, my next my next note i was noticing was there's this moment where he like is at the apartment and he like this is how fucking stupid this movie is to me at certain points is because there's all this roundabout ways of like divvying out information and like being like yeah see how like wound up this this knot that we wet that we weave is and how how intricate all these little plot turns are. And this is why we got to show, show it in this way. Cause we got to jump around to different timelines. Cause there is just so much going on. That's just how we have to do it. And it's like, no, cause there's this point where like, I'm trying to I'm trying to explain it properly, but Josh Hartnett's like at the apartment, like, and it's when he's starting to realize it's like when Lisa two is coming over from Matthew Lillard's, he's already at the apartment. He's like, where were you? She's like, Oh, the triple shift or oh, whatever. Um, he like a triple shift that was insane yeah. to me as well. He, like it got a double got upgraded to a triple. I don't think that's how that works. Oh, he, he was, he was <laughs> smelling the bullshit, but then the, he, he like goes on this trip where he himself expresses that he feels like Lisa one has been in that apartment before. Yes. Uh-huh. And I about like, pooped my pants and ran out the room room crying uh in a fit of rage because i like if i were all on board for this movie paying attention at every little thing like oh writing down like oh yeah okay so this that's what that means that's what that means oh and everything is and then this just is dropped out of like yeah he just feels it he feels it you know he's just like oh it's like feels like lisa here and that's how i know it was just Oh, it, it pissed me off so much because it's there is no reason for the complicated way of telling the story. I keep saying the same thing, but uh, right when some character is just going to deus ex machina his way out of a fucking situation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, dude like that. And, and then this is this is my last note. And it wasn't even at the end of the movie. Uh, I don't think 
but uh, I just I loved it because I think by the end I was like, sign me off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but is Matthew Lillard's drink order? Oh my god! Oh, they're all of their drink. Yeah. Orders. Well, Matthew Lillard is the best, which if yeah. I can repeat, is a seven and seven, put it in a bucket, in not a, bucket. a double, but more of a oh. one and a half. Yeah. Right. Oh man. What an order. What an order. What an order. And then I realized it was like a, a bucket's probably like a legit way of a saying class. like, a, a yeah. Cu- yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. It's like a, a glass. Yeah. One, yeah. One, and it's like, I like a bucket glass, but I just didn't know it was called a, yeah. Bucket glass. And it's oh, like, yeah. Make it more like a one and a half. It's like, yeah. Come on, dude. No, no but I, I, like a I, double I, pump, but like a, a one and a half pump in my, in my frap. Right. He goes back to the POS system and it's just like, <laughs> God, <laughs> damn <it. laughs> God damn it. I'm going to just charge him for two. I'm just going to charge him for two. He's got to deal with it. They're going to, fucking hate me in the back i'm going to make a note at the bottom of this order like make it just one and a half it's like oh is that fucking it's that matthew lillard asshole again huh well tell him he can pick one or the other and deal with whatever glass we goddamn fucking figure out how to give it to i don't care this movie had an effect on me i feel like i'm just like i don't know if like loopy but just a little like a little like charged and like kind of fucking like yeah and this wasn't like I was annoyed and frustrated and that I feel like I'm coming to this podcast with those feelings as opposed to like getting into the story of it all. And I apologize to anyone out there. That's like, Oh, Wicker Park, my favorite movie. Ooh, I wonder how they're going to unravel this. Are long web of lies. Yeah. They're like, fuck man. Like these guys are, I, these guys maybe are idiots. They can't even, they don't even know what's going on in the movie. And while that may be true, folks, I don't care. There's a difference. Like, I don't care. I do not want to know. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of like what you said earlier about I'm fine with this being boring, but the fact that this is, you know, like obtuse and just, yeah, it sucks. There's mm-hmm. at least a movie where it's straightforward and boring, but yeah. instead we got a movie that is, yeah, almost going to, you know, what you're saying there is making you frustrated. Yes. <laughs> it's an, it's eliciting a negative emotion as mm. opposed to just like this Whatever. is going in one ear out the other. It's mm. like some of it is staying and it's held down by rage by <laughs> how this movie could be this way. Like, what well, you know, it has potential. That's the thing. It's like it has a potential to be a fine movie. Right. And that's what that's what bums me out is that it's it doesn't hold up well and it is like yeah it feels very 2004 and i don't know there's there's other movies that that's that's fine but this one just it's 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 trying it's trying to be something that it's it's just not and it's trying to convince you that it is and uh i'm not i'm not convinced so um, I'm, I don't know. I'm willing to move on from, from the plot. Is there any, do you have any other notes or is there anything else from, uh, from the, sto- from like, from the story that you want to, that you want to share, uh, on this, uh, episode of, uh, Wicker Park show and tell, am I moving too fast? Like, should we go through it a bit more? Like, I don't know. I feel fine. No, no, no I feel great about this. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a part of me that wants to talk about Rose Burns outfit when she was originally in her apartment, which mm-hmm. makes her look kind of like, uh, you know, a Diane Keaton, you know, was it like a uh, sweater with like a collar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a big, very like an oversized dress shirt with a collar on it. And then she had like, um, 
like corduroy big pants mm. on mm. and then this you know the she almost looked like uh she was june from benny and june oh yeah i can see that you know that uh, mm-hmm. that kind of look about her and i just it was so funny to me because it was a moment where i was like ah oh, this is just feeding into what the style is and again it's just style no substance and it's yeah, like yeah. You know, again, like if we if we were to know a little bit more about why she would dress like that, you know, why what is she into? Um, because we don't even really get to see her receive too much of I know she has the book um of Shakespeare, but yeah, I don't know. There's not even so much about what is how her character is embedded in her love for the theater and love for Shakespeare. Like I think a simple thing that would be necessary in a movie like this is for there to be a stronger connection to her acting on stage and her acting as another person. Mm, and it just yeah. doesn't, it, it, that doesn't, it doesn't come off strong. Like collateral all. beauty. Like collateral beauty. I want them to learn more about <laughs> Helen Mirian and her pretending to be right. deaf. <laughs> Give me all of that. Yeah. Spoiler alert though. Right. She is deaf. Oh yeah. Uh, there's some magic. There's yeah. There's some, magic. There's magic everywhere, folks. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh man. See, yeah, there's a, there's a movie where it's just Rose Byrne, like just losing her mind like Black, and, we, and, Black we, Swan. and we get to watch it happen. Oh yeah. Give me that. That sounds fun. Yeah, sure. And then it's like, it's a, you know what, Josh? And then there's not so much like Josh Hartnett's the main character. He's got to be like, we got to pretend he's a good dude so we can be on his side. It's like, no, everyone's a little flawed in this. And this is this one. It's like, no, we're on Josh Hartnett's side this whole time is what the movie is trying to tell you. It's like, I don't really like him. And I would have rather had like an anti-hero or something or like, like a Rose Byrne of like, uh, I know there's a show like you where it's like about a stalker and stuff. And just to get into like the, the tantalizing aspects of like, of what the life is like in a, in the life of a stalker, you know, that sounds more mm-hmm. interesting. That's not what this yeah. movie really is. This is more like, Yeah. Uh, uh, switching that's it switches perspectives like kind of through three quarter halfway three quarters of the way through and there's yeah there's scenes where and it kind of blew my mind at one point where like you see a car driving and then Matthew Lillard gets out and it's just a scene a separate scene with Matthew Lillard going to Lisa Tu's uh rehearsal where I was like or, wow or this, or is show. Just, this is just yeah. a scene with Matthew Lillard <laughs> Josh Arnett's not even around. It was like, oh, this is this is interesting. It seems so focused on his on his mind and perspective because that catered to like the divvy how they divvy out knowledge of like we got to fo- you would have yeah we figured you'd have to be more like first person to focus on like what he's doing what he he knows and for it to feel insulated as the audience to just what he knows. But when it mm-hmm. starts jumping around perspective, it's like, well, then why doesn't everyone know everything that everyone else knows? Like if you're going to be jumping around like this and knowing like the deep, dark secrets of of some of these people. But um, but then like, I don't know, in, in a way, it's almost like not enough about Lisa one, two, because she's just kind of like backseated a, a little bit. She's she's just more as like. She seems like a a figment of his imagination in the book, in the movie or something. Mm -hmm. And I guess that might be purposeful as well, but sure. She's not, she almost doesn't even seem real. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll move on to some, uh, some reviews. Yeah. Would let me go. Can, can I go to, go to the bathroom? Of course. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll, uh, we'll be ready to be. All right. So we are back on the, this very special wicker park episode of ours yeah. on, uh, on your, um, own, own, uh, polarized podcast here, uh, in polarized kingdom. And I'm going to move on to uh, the next portion of the episode where I go through some polarizing reviews. Um, it's the reason we have this podcast is all these people telling the world how they feel about movies. Thank God for them. Thank God people find it necessary to just shout out into the world how they feel about things. We have a bevy of them these days. It's great. Isn't it? Isn't it, Brandon? Isn't it great how everyone can just tell everyone how they feel all the time? At no, point? yeah. It's, oh, man, it's just, it's been so great for the world to be able to do that. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, it's uh, fantastic. You know what? It provides a creative outlet for some people, so kudos to them. But it also provides a, a way to just be anonymous and be, yeah, be mean without repercussions. So fuck those people. But yeah. It is yeah. what it is. We deal with all sorts here. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I'll just keep saying that. I'll just keep saying things are things are awesome. You're trying to compensate for this movie yes. being yes. the opposite. You oh no, you caught me because if I my vocal tones are uh happy, then maybe my mind and my spirit will be too. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm just gonna keep telling telling myself that. Um, but I'm going to be talking first about some very negative critics reviews from uh, written uh, to medias. Um, they got they gave it a 27 percent. The critics side out of 135 reviews. We'll start with the Wall Street Journal from Joanne Kaufman. Uh, she says it's built on such a goofy premise that your average soap opera scriptwriter would laugh it out of a story meeting. Uh, Michael yeah. O'Sullivan, uh, the Washington Post, a limp and exceedingly uninvolving melodrama. Um, uh, and we got yeah. from uh, TV Guide magazine, Matland McDonough, a convoluted exercise in shifting perspectives and fractured storytelling. Um, and from Kevin Thomas, Los Angeles Times. An elegant tale of romantic obsession weighed down by a needlessly convoluted plot that yields far more confusion than psychological suspense. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much good. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I can... I'll do the New York Times, maybe? Um, from, David, from Dave Kerr. The French original was a clever Hitchcock homage with a murder at its center. Ooh, murder. For reasons unknown, the murder plot has been dropped from the remake, though a few confusing oh traces God. of it remain, which leaves Wicker Ugh. Park without much real urgency to drive its extremely contrived plot. That totally. makes sense. There was makes like sense. something missing in the third Stakes. act of this in the third act of yeah. this movie. I like paused at a half half hour left. I'm like, what is gonna happen? What else is gonna happen? Like there there needed to be some sort of like, yeah, fallout or consequences to these people's actions of uh, whether it's sleeping around Josh Hartnett or I don't know, fucking creeping on people. But I, so what Lisa one probably gets killed. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that, that sounds right. 
That's what I would think. Let's go and switch over to some. Or what if it's the fiance? <laughs> yeah. Or I, it's so it's probably the what's the the creepy dude. That's like what I'm saying. Like there was some ominous foreshadowing. He's going to do something. Maybe he maybe he. Maybe he calls someone. I don't know. Whatever. What if he knew that that she killed Lisa two killed Lisa one. And that's oh, he saw that, through the window or something. And that right. And that's his mission that he's mm. on right now. And that uh, syncs up with Josh Hartnett's mission of finding Lisa one. Right. Because mm. that does technically happen in the movie. But again, it's like big fat. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing. There's no escalation. And as far as what Josh Hartnett wants in the movie, he just wants Lisa won and he's just trying to find her and I just got to find Lisa. Where's Lisa? Oh, there's another chick that's going to get my dick wet. Oh, I guess I'll hang out with her and sleep with her. It's like, well, you, do you really even give a fuck about Lisa one that much? Like you're just <laughs> skirting right over to the next one. Like after you get into the apartment and be like, oh, you're not Lisa. Well, you want to fuck around anyways? <laughs> it's like <laughs> at first he's like, no, you gentlemen, you sleep on the couch. But then he's like, who, like, who is this guy? Who fucking cares? Um, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, yeah, we'll move on to some audience ratings and reviews with a 79% score on uh, rotten tomatoes. We will, uh, let's check it out. Let's, let's see what they have to say from a Snyder, a five star out of five star, uh, titled most affecting performance. Mm. I'm, I'm not someone who watches movies repeatedly, at least not very often. For example, I've only seen Why? my all-time <laughs> not true. For example, I've only seen my all-time favorite Donnie Darko only twice. However, over the 6 years since Wicker Park came out, I've watched it 3 times and I've loved it every time. Unlike some, I don't find it at all confusing. If anything, watching the storyline unravel the very first time made that viewing the best of the 3. And this is nowhere near as complex a storyline as Memento, Irreversible, and one of the stars of that, Monica Bellucci, was in the original French version of this movie. Or Donnie Darko, for that matter. Or heck, even Pulp Fiction. I'm not going to go into the plot. As Roger Ebert My has God. pointed out, it's nearly impossible to do so without giving something away. And if you haven't watched it yet, I want you to be able to enjoy it as I did the first time. What I do want to say is that Rose Byrne's performance in this film is fantastic. The look of pain on her face when someone reveals something to her through a dressing room door is so real that I actually felt it as if I'd been punched in the stomach. Uh, that is uh, OK. And despite the foreknowledge during later viewing, that visceral reaction to her acting occurred the second and third time I watched the movie as well. During a much later scene in the film in a restaurant, you can actually see the sickened as in heart sick. Look, she gets as she realizes that she's not going to get what she most desires in the world. Simply an amazing performance throughout the film. And I honestly can't remember ever being as affected by the performance of any actor or actress in anything else. With the possible exception of Anna Chlumsky's performance at the funeral in My Girl. But that was just one scene, not throughout the entire movie. Very specific. Wow. Um, yeah, that affected someone uh very deeply where it's like something where they are rewatching it when they're not a rewatcher of of movies um and comparing it to a lot of other movies as well that I would not expect someone to compare this this movie to but uh 
Donnie Darko. If you if that's your favorite movie, maybe maybe there's like something here for you. Like I don't know, Donnie Darko is a little convoluted. <laughs> It it totally is, yeah. I yeah, mean, for hey, sure. Brandon, you're but, a big Southland Tales fan, so I oh, huge Southland Tales <laughs> fan, and that is, uh, yeah, it's really convoluted for sure. Um, but it's so much more enjoyable because it is, it has jokes, like it's funny. It, um, yeah, it's got a lot of great people in it. It's shot better too, because yeah, there is some goofiness going on with Richard Kelly, but um, it's not nearly as yeah pointlessly goofy as this uh what is his name i'm sorry i'm blanking um paul make make how do you say that the director yeah i was having a hard time i was having a hard time mcguin 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 yeah i missed that second g mcguin yeah wow um, should, I'll do a, I'll do a few more. Um, yeah. Let's check out. Ooh, this one looks kind of interesting. From Sylvia T. Bossage, five stars, titled "An Intriguing Romantic Tale with a Dash of Alfred Hitchcock Suspense." In spite of what some of the other stupid critics may have panned this film for, it is quite obvious by those of us who not only watched it, but also understood it and enjoyed it for what it is. A romantic suspense thriller on the same level with the Alfred Hitchcock classic Vertigo. This is without a doubt Josh Hartnett at his very best from an acting standpoint. And he certainly deserved a nod when it came time to announce the nominees for the Academy Awards that year. (laughs) Not only... Not only that, the rest of the cast, including Rose Byrne, Matthew Lillard, and Diane Kruger, all certainly played and acted their parts out to a perfect T and also mm. deserved nominations as well. Wow. These, wow. these stupid critics don't know a good movie when they see one. Every once in a while, the right movie may take home all the gold. That is for, too far, rare, and in between. That is still the perfect reason why I never listen to a stupid movie critic. Instead, I go and be the critic myself. Yes. Boom, baby. Boom. Yeah. We endorse that on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Take. Yeah. Take the power. Take that power into your. Yeah. Into your own hands. And, and don't listen to those critics. Like. Yeah. And then not only that, but like tell the world how you feel after. Right. <laughs> Fuck them. Like you guys. That must. That must be frustrating. I'm trying to think of like. Uh, movies that it's i guess yeah like there's a few on this podcast like the witch or something like but i don't know i i also it's like ah you, more for me more for me i'm gonna go see northman more for me i don't care if, i don't care if you don't like it like it's i don't know i don't i don't need to try to convince someone to like but everyone's everyone's people are passionate it's fun to see the people passion. are gonna love the northman i think i think a lot of people are gonna be into the northman i'm so i'm so ready i'm, I'm so fucking excited. pumped yeah dude did you see their marketing uh thing that they did like where they came out with posters without the title of the movie on it no i didn't see that and now people are people are like oh those idiots they forgot to put the title of the movie and it's like well it got you talking about it didn't it <laughs> now everyone's talking about look at these posters with no title what is the title anyways in the northman oh, i'll have to go see that it's like, <laughs> fuck yeah. uh, go see it go see it I don't. Yeah, 
I I will sell my soul to Robert Eggers. I don't I don't care if as long as he makes a cool movie about it or something. Um, yeah, dude. Oh man, that would be a cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so Wicker Park. Let's bring this. Let's no, I'll this do plan. like one or one more, maybe okay. one more. From Lizzie, five stars, right. titled "I Do Seriously Love This Movie." Uh, Wicker Park is a movie that you can watch over and over again. It does get more enjoyable every time. If you haven't read other reviews posted here on Amazon, especially the ones featured as most helpful, do not read them. They say too much. Instead, do yourself a favor and go to Roger Ebert's website and read his review. It says just enough, plus it is one of, in my opinion, his best reviews I've read so far. And I've read many. This is a very well-acted film. Rose Byrne is a clear standout, and the cast was an overall successful ensemble. This is one of those films with a lot of twists and turns, coupled with switching the past and present. Sounds a bit dizzying, but it all makes sense. The locations, colors, clothing, weather, etc. They all work as well, giving the film an artistic look. Give it a shot. If you enjoyed it, watch it one more time. It may become your favorite movie, just like it became mine. Favorite movie. Wow. Favorite man. Yeesh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost tempted to bring up Ebert's review of Wicker Park if that's available and see if I can at least get like a little like blurb from him just to see how he feels about it. He looks like he gave it a three star and they go on like the four star system over there. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's I have it. I have it here. So it's probably hard to. I'll I'll read his last paragraph. How about that? And then we'll move yeah. on to our feel our feelings. I was going to say the last paragraph. Yeah, last paragraph states: Once we understand the principle, if not the details of the plot, Wicker Park works because the actors invest their scenes with what is under th- under the circumstances astonishing emotional realism. There is a scene between Josh Hartnett and Rose Byrne during which so much is said and left unsaid that we feel real sympathy for, for both characters. There's an emotional craziness to the way the Hartnett character misses his plane to China and starts skulking around Chicago slash Montreal like a sleuth. There's an open innocence to the way Matthew Lillard's character fails to realize he's about to become an innocent bystander. And Diane Kruger, whose Lisa is subjected to logical whiplash by the plot, (laughs) always seems to know when it is and how she should feel. Now that's acting. Really, really uh, pumping up the acting in this in this movie. Roger yeah. Degree, I thought thought that was interesting, but he is he is the exception to the polarized rule. He is the he crossed over to the audience side in in this uh, situation. Mm-hmm. If if there is if there are sides, Randini, would you care to start the uh, yes. the the final, yes, the final yes. Yes. <laughs> hello. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's it's a movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's a movie. So th- I saw a movie and I was pretty frustrated by the movie. I had to rewatch it, not rewatch no. like it, it, its entirety, but I had to continue to go like rewind and go, oh, did I miss something? Oh, I did because that I'm too. Just try- I'm just, I, it was hard to understand what, like what mattered, what didn't, what's happening, what time period are we in, why, you know, what is this connection here? What is the connection there? There isn't enough time spent on any of those things in this movie, in my opinion. And maybe 
maybe what you needed to do is focus on just a small collection of things, maybe better focus on a singular person, you know, and maybe start the movie with Josh Hartnett and then shift over to Roseburn more quickly or in a, in a better way that, um, yeah, it's just a better because this movie doesn't do a whole lot right for me. Um, it was interesting to talk about the like impact of music had on this, how it looks like a music video. Um, so I do want to give it some credit there because I think that is indicative of the time. Um, and yeah, I can sympathize. I was 14 when this movie came out. I understood the power of Josh Hartnett. Like, you know, he was a big deal. Um, he was in movies. He was a movie star. Um, and then, you know, this was the time of playlists that, like, James, you were saying about downloading online. Like, I don't know, you get into these bands, you obsess over these bands, kind of, you know, not as obsessive as Rose Byrne in this movie. But at least I would hope not. Um, oh, I was following Ben Gibbard. I was like, I'm going to be you. Right. I'm going to be you, Ben Gibbard. I love that okay. Phil Collins cover. I'm going to be you. <laughs> ben Gibbard, too, is what we start calling him. I want to hang out with Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, are they still together? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I don't Who know. Cares? Interesting that they were were together though. I, I, that was one of those. I feel like you would call it indie rock royalty. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I was trying to think of like people. We uh, we talked off the pod recently about. I think I was joking about what kind of parties Paul Thomas Anderson would have, mm-hmm, and right. and I feel like they would be at maybe one of those P- would, PTA parties. MP- oh, right, oh, bring absolutely. Ben Ben and Zoe over. They'd be great, and they'd be great. They could I'd play some to- songs. You just have like. Ben and Zoe just playing some songs in the background uh, while that's probably how they fell in love as they were at a party and then they sang a song together. Oh, can you imagine the, the fireworks? Oh my God. Is there not a name of a song by fireworks? Oh, by Katy Perry. Yeah. Great song. No, I was thinking of it. Um, cause Ben Gibbard is in postal service, but he's also in death cab for cutie. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, like if they have a song together. No, if there's a song called called Fireworks by Death Cab for Cutie, I feel like they would have a song like that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I wouldn't, it would be on this soundtrack as well, I'm sure. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, But back to my review. So you see, I'm just trying to skirt around this because I know I want to talk about more fun things. Sorry. uh, Yeah. Um, So sue me. But yeah, I, I didn't care for this movie. I wouldn't really, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. If somebody really came up to me and was like, I am either, you know, I'm a huge Josh Hartnett fan. Or like if I was talking to a girl who was, you know, into Josh Hartnett at, yeah, if she's like my age or whatever, I could imagine that being the case and having like a level of a infatuation with Josh Hartnett. Cause he was a huge deal and being like, Oh, have you seen Wicker Park? And they might in that moment have seen Wicker Park. And if they have and I would recommend it solely to that person, but I would never recommend it to anybody else other than a Josh Hartnett fan. So I can't really give this movie uh, that high of a score because I'm just, yeah, almost universally not going to recommend it because it is needlessly confusing. It, it Though there's interesting visuals, it's like, go watch it. There's You can get it somewhere else. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I'm going to give this movie a 9%. Book. 
You get a nine, Wicker Park, from the great Brandini. You've been cast into the shadow realm of polarized kingdom, and you will not return for another nine years. That's how it works. Um, That is how it works. Yeah, that's how it works here. It Uh, is canon. It is canon. It is true. Uh, For my review, I felt like I was kind of looking forward to this movie or like I, I was like open to liking it in a way because I thought like, Oh, as 14 year old James like saw that soundtrack and was like, Oh, that seems like uh if these songs are in that movie, then I probably have a good time. Like I saw, I remember liking garden state at that time and just being like, Oh my God, the shins are so cool. And this um, movie is expressing a way that I feel in a certain way and also exposing me to like, some version of art that I was, I I may have a harder time getting exposed to. Uh, and it's got this kind of edge and, and sexual sort of energy as well, where, um, yeah, as a four, as a 14 year old, you're, you're just kind of like, Ooh, that looks like, you know, not or like, yeah, like, uh, just something that kind of piqued my interest, but wasn't anything that I was going to pursue, uh, any further than that, I guess. Um, but now, so there was, there was that kind of going into it. It's like, oh, do it for your 14-year-old self and see what it's all about. And uh, yeah, it was one of those things where it, I got my, the movie did not escalate in a way that was interesting or exciting. And my frustration and rage and, uh, and just annoyance was the thing that did escalate as time went on in this movie where I think the first half was kind of like, okay, okay. Like I, I get where this is kind of where this is going. Or like, I'm, I'm kind of like at least on board with like, I'm like, Oh, these are some interesting edits. These are some interesting split screen things going on and all these wipes and everything. It's like, I I'm willing to, to, to let all the pretension of whatever I, whatever I think, like let it go. But once Rose Burns whole shtick started to become a bigger thing and they were doing flashback after flashback where I felt like flashbacks were in the flashbacks and exhibit showed up and he's like, I, I heard you like flashbacks and, and, and they just kept coming in these, and these cutaways. And I, I was, it, it was just getting to me, man, where I couldn't keep track of what the baseline was. Like I said earlier, it's like, there's, there's no part of me that was attached to that baseline anymore. And I was just, propelled into um a timeline where i was not sure where i was at and i at that point i would didn't really care too much for the characters either um and i was just constantly wondering about josh hartnett's fiance and i thought that that would have been a way at least to tell like what time period is was it was to have like her appear at certain times or i guess she, she just she thought he was in china whatever i don't know it's just there was there was nothing holding me in and it was just trying to like, I felt like the, the movie was like pushing me away. Like I was trying to get in and it was like pushing me like, no, it's like, it's not that it's this. And it's like, Oh, it's not that it's actually this. And it's like, no, it is that stop trying to fucking lie to me and like make it all like, uh, hard to track when it's really not that fucking hard difficult and, and complicated. You're just making it that way. And when I heard Harden, I'd be like, oh, I feel Lisa has been in this room. I was like, it just reminded me of, I don't know, like fucking Batman being like, what's her name? What's your mom's name? Martha? That's my mom's name, too. And it's like this 
all of a sudden the movie hinges on this bullshit thing that happened. Right. It's like, uh, that's a, maybe not the best comparison, uh, but it just, I get like, what you're saying. Though. It came at a time when like, Oh, and then this, and then the, Oh, these pieces all working together. And then this one's just, don't worry about that one. We're just going to skirt by that. And then this, and it's like, no, you have me paying attention to everything. And now I'm, I'm trying. And then you just fucking don't care. And why should I, um, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of like performances like Rose Byrne, Rose Byrne, like is an interesting person to watch. And I felt like she was trying and how they edited and directed and put it all together must've been very difficult for her to, to find a consistent uh, way to play that character or, or know what time period she was in. But I, I thought she was like interesting. And I, you know, at this time period, if like, this was all I knew about Roseburn. I'd be like, I'm interested in her. And I'd be like, yeah, she, I, I can see her doing, uh, doing more things. And, and she has, and I'm, I'm happy for that. Uh, Josh Hartnett, I think is in the net, that new guy, Richie movie. That'll be interesting. No. I don't know. He like plays an actor. Like it's cool to see him back in action. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, no overt hate for, performances i guess it just like is what it is for me my real issues lie with the structure of this movie had it been a linear tale of like a stalker and someone trying to take someone's life like over over someone's life or something and had there been like more intrigue like a murder or something like the original this could have been like eh, it's whatever like you know 50 60 sort of thing but it actually fucking like got to me um but and all, but yeah, I don't know. That being said, it's like it's not completely unwatchable, and it's not completely terrible necessarily. And it has like the music and music, and like it, they're trying to do like creative things just to try to give it some some credit, I guess, in terms of like uh, it. It's a movie. It is still a movie, and it functions as such. Um, but that being said, I'm, I'm going to give it, I'll give it a 32. Okay. Another 32. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I like how fucking brutal you are, Brandon. That's, that's, that's great. And fucking just buried in the ground with a nine to the shadow realm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I, yeah, I don't know. It's not, there's, you get nothing out of it. You're going to get nothing out of it. And I wouldn't recommend it either. It's like, you're not going to get, get anything out of it. Um, yeah, you're just more yeah gracious on the performances. It's fine. Like I get where you're coming from because yeah, it's still really bad for me. I guess I, I guess for like it to be that low, I don't know what it would have, what it would have to be. I'm trying to think it it would have to be like really, really fucking bad. I'm trying to think of like, a like disaster movie is like one of the worst experiences I've had in my life. I would give that like a one, I guess that's like my, then maybe that's my baseline is like, that's Mm. like hardly a movie. So I don't know. This is like, I guess still a movie. So it didn't seem like it to me though. Yeah. Oh, you didn't feel feel like, you know what? I'm sorry to just drop that bomb at the end, but like, that's fine. Uh, It didn't even seem like that because, uh, and maybe it's more of a realization that I'm having after talking to you about it, but it's like the, there is clearly a boring movie here. Mm -hmm. 
And the fact that it's not even that it's like an, a subtra- like subtraction of that. It's like a moving in the negative direction from that as just like what it at least the pieces are there for that to exist. But it goes further to make it worse. That mm-hmm. dr- just drives me nuts. Yeah, because we could have had a, a, a you know, this conversation could have been like. Yeah. This movie has pacing problems, essentially, right? It's we're focusing on this, spending a lot of time on that, and we don't really need to. But at least I understood throughout the movie um, what like generally what people's motives are, what we're where are like what type here we're in, like what are we doing, like why and and also too caring. Yeah, like uh but I've already seen my review. I'm sorry. I'm no, I mean, I can. Yeah. I, I was contemplating dropping mine lower. You were inspiring me, but it's okay. Whatever. It's a fucking shitty movie. Like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna stay on the bottom, bottom for me yeah. of like a uh, bottom barrel of, of the movies we've done here. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of like some of the other ones we we've, we've, we've done here and it, and it is what it is. I think, I would have, I would much rather at least be entertained and there were moments of just not being entertained. And, um, at this point we're going to announce our next movie for next week. It's from 2004 as well. Uh, it is the wedding date. Oh, it's from 2005. My mistake. That was 2004 as well. The wedding date is around the same time. Um, it has a, an 11% from critics and a 67% from audience audiences. And, uh, yeah, it's a comedy romance from 2005. I'll go ahead and read the synopsis with the wedding of her younger sister fast approaching cat Ellis faces the undesirable prospect of traveling alone to London for the ceremony. While this is bad enough, Jeffrey, the man who left her as they moved closer to marriage happens to be the groom's best man. Determined to show everyone, most of all Jeffrey, that a romantic life is as full and thrilling as ever, Kat hires a charming male escort as her date. <laughs> we'll see, and we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, um, yeah it's starring. Who is it starring? Uh, we got Deborah Messing, Dermot Mulroney, Amy Adams. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be also a movie if I can uh, if I can predict it all. Um, that'll do it for us here on our very special Wicker Park episode. We did it, Brandon. We got through it. Uh, if you'd like to reach us in any other way, um, we stream live on Twitch. Uh, you can find us there, twitch.tv slash polarized pod. You can find us on Twitter at polarized pod there as well. Um, you can shoot us an email at polarized the pod at gmail.com if you have any, um, ideas any requests any sort of movies that you think would be good or if you just want to uh say hey how's it going how are my favorite uh podcast hosts you know and then we'll let you know we'll we'll tell you um and we can start that relationship if you if you care um it's open the line is open you all, <laughs> all you polar bears uh the polarized pod line is open open uh rate review subscribe on itunes on apple uh brandini has been a pleasure as always my dude um is there anything else you want to share with the people 
No. Um, no, I don't got anything. If anybody's going to Coachella, I'll see you there. Ooh, Coachella boy. All right. Well, Brandon will be at Coachella. Brandini will be at Coachella if you need him. Um, yep. Maybe you can start our next episode with a little uh, rundown of, of your experience if, if people care. Uh, yeah. It could be fun. But have fun out there in the desert. Um, who you're most excited for, Brandini? I mean, today made me most excited for Jamie XX, but I, I've been for the longest time I've been saying Phoebe Bridgers, but that oh, new yeah. single that uh, Jamie XX put out, if you haven't heard it, go check mm. out that new single by Jamie XX. It's fantastic. I can't remember the name off the top of my head because I just heard it and then I was like, just keep playing it and keep <laughs> playing it and keep playing it. And I just, I don't care about the title at this point. I'll find mm. out for sure. But um, yeah. I'm glad he's doing new stuff. I, I love him. Well, great. Have fun. And uh, we'll see all you next week. Bye. Bye.